0: plus. no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Insurance. 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 With my car and home. Save my and save with insurance. Get a quote at AAA.com insurance and save by bundling auto and home.
3: Hello, hello, listener. It's finally here. Foot22 is out on web app and on early access. On this pod, we get some early gameplay tips on things like shooting, dribbling and more, plus some expert advice on where the market's going and some interesting theories on current strange player prices. I'm your host Ben and you'll hear all that and more on this week's Foot Weekly podcast brought to you by our supporters and available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello and welcome to week one of the Foot Weekly podcast, the first proper Foot22 episode. Going to do a combined one gameplay and content in one podcast. We'll be back to splitting it into two and having more chat next week on the main feed and support feed. Uh, Japes couldn't make it last minute, unfortunately, but we have plenty of stellar guests and a market expert going to answer all your trading related questions. Nate, the Foot Accountant, how are we? I'm
1: good, Ben. Thanks for having me on again. It is, yes, it's crazy times. Everybody is wanting to know, what do I do with these players? <laughs> the full game, I mean we only have like a partial population if you think about it of the actual game and people that are going to play the game on yeah but still we have prices going crazy we have spcs cards that are used for spcs going to bananas informs are going crazy it's it's lovely it's, it's day one day two of the game it's great
3: <laughs> yeah no, it's great and uh, really looking forward to getting some of your insights on the market and uh, trading player prices etc we're also going to be talking gameplay of course And to help us, we have top 100 NA player and part of the Foot Weekly community. Thanks for filling in at the last minute. It's Hubert. Welcome back.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me. It's uh, exciting times at the start of a new cycle, as always.
3: Yeah, and I think you've picked up a few interesting things to share gameplay-wise. And we also have... Richard Buckley on the podcast, who I know has been playing a lot of the game recently as well. Great to have you on.
4: Yeah, thanks for having me. I was uh, one of the fortunate ones, part of the Creator Network, who uh, managed to get the game a little bit earlier than uh, everybody else. So I uh, got on probably Sunday night, Monday morning, got the FIFA points loaded up and... uh, yeah, been enjoying playing games. I think I'm in Division 6 at the moment on Rivals. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've definitely been grinding away. Well, yeah. And uh, picked up, I've, not only gameplay-wise, but I've also picked up a couple of other little bits of interesting information uh, mm. that I'll be uh, willing to share for, okay. all, for everybody out there.
3: Yeah, and of course, we should say thanks to the EA Creator Network for giving us, us two at least the opportunity to play the game a bit earlier and provide some extra insights on this podcast that we may not have otherwise found. We're going to start, though, with more content, player-related stuff, and the return of something very exciting, pound-for-pound powerhouse, which is, for those who don't know, a player that could be from the market, could be through SBCs, although obviously that's unlikely at the moment, or through objectives, also unlikely. So it's basically just the player from the market at this point um, who we think offers particularly amazing value. And they can be various different price brackets. It doesn't have to be a really cheap player. It doesn't have to be an expensive player. Just a player that you think is really good value at the moment. So should we go through and give our players who are our pound-for-pound powerhouses? Hugh, you know this very well. Do you want to start us off?
2: Yeah, so my pick this week is going to be myron boadu i think that's how you say it from monaco so he's a dutch striker he's only 76 rated but he's quick he's like 89 pace 75 shooting i believe and then he has a five-star weak foot which i think is really important this year it's definitely i've noticed a lot harder to score in general um other than certain situations Mm. so being able to finish with both feet is really important i picked him up for about 4600 coins because i have bad habits and i got impatient but now he's like under a thousand so I think, like, literally everyone listening to this can go by him. Even if he's just a super sub, I would definitely recommend him. And he has great links, like Jelson Martins, uh, Golovin. You can do a soft link to Daniel Malin if you're going, like, Bundesliga as well. So a lot of good options there.
3: Yeah, no, I mean that's a great suggestion for sure. Um, yeah, I'm avoiding players without four-star skills at the moment. Well, I, I always do, but um, if it wasn't for that, I'd definitely be probably have given him a go already, to be honest, because I've done it a fair bit of uh, League 1 recently. Uh, Richard, what about you? Have you got a pound for pound for us?
4: I do indeed, yeah. Um. More on the gameplay side, more from the perspective of he's just really, really good. Um. He's a little bit expensive, Um. but he's not too much. And I think his price will sort of fluctuate between 15 to maybe 25K. It's Phil Foden. Mm. He's one of the ambassadors for FIFA this year. And I've had it from multiple people who have used... David Albert, they've used Son and Pulisic, the other uh, ambassadors, Trent, and they they just play different, like they just feel so much better. Like I've got a team with Goretzka, who I managed to pack untradeable, Kevin De Bruyne in the midfield as well, and Foden just runs it. Like he's hmm. so, so good. He he feels like he's one of the only players that I can really left stick dribble with. His finesse shot is lethal. Like he's just incredible. All five of the ambassadors, as well as Mbappe, I think they will be some of the best players in the game. And Foden, at the minute, is is right up there as like a a staple in my squad who's going to be in Mm. for a long time.
3: That's interesting. We'll definitely talk more about dribbling, actually. Um, And I think quite a few people have reflected what you've said there um, about certain players being kind of really excellent dribblers. Um, Nate, what about yourself? I mean, you can definitely go for someone who's more of a an investment or or trading opportunity. Not necessarily someone you've used.
1: Yeah, that's definitely where, where I'm going to be coming from because I have, in fact, played zero games of this game. and I'm going to be benefiting greatly from the knowledge knowledge of Richard and Huber because I honestly think, and I was looking at this yesterday on stream, the entirety of the Serie A on this game, I feel like, is very undervalued for the quality of cards you get mm. with the stats. I mean, Teo Hernandez is the most expensive player in the Serie A, and right now he's about 60K, I mean, Scriniar with the stats that you get with him, he's 23,000 coins. I mean, even some of your lower tier attackers, if you're still, you know, under a 50K budget, I think Lozano is like 2,000 coins. Um, Osamen is really cheap. I I just think that the Serie A as a whole is really good value for a starter team. And even as you continue to upgrade, Lautaro Martinez is 10,000 coins. Spinozola, one of the best left backs for the starting period of the game. and, And he's 12K. So I just think there's really good value in the Serie A.
3: Yeah, and in fact, it's funny you say that because Rob Cole, one of our listeners' suggestions, is, he says, the whole of Serie A, basically. Um, but specifically, actually, Immobile. He says that he costs me 7K for 91 finishing, 91 positioning, with engine, feels great on the ball, 95 agility, 90 dribbling, even 80 balance is fine, just seems a smart striker, always in the right spot. He's got him in a three five two with Muriel, and he can keep up with play fine and really good at 1-2 finishes. I think, uh, I was going to myself also mention Syria, but you've mentioned it anyway. And I was, the player I was thinking was Skrinyar. If he was in the Premier League, considering Varane is, what, 300k, yep. Skrinyar must be like, I don't know, like at least like 100, maybe more. And he's yeah. 25k. It's mad. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Another suggestion we've actually had from a listener, which is a good one from Kraus, Fakir, I have to say, that is someone that I was going to mention because if you compare him and Ben Yedder, Ben Yedder's like 25k, Fakir's about 10k, I think. Fakir probably looks the better player, to be honest, apart from the weak foot, of course, which, which you know, is a big factor. But Fakir's got much more physicality and he's probably a bit more versatile as well. So... Yeah, I think Fakir's a great suggestion. Other suggestions we've had in are actually, funny enough, Jaden Sancho, which feels strange. Uh, Jarosik is 25k, um, which does seem quite low, actually, for someone as popular as Jaden Sancho. I guess it's his pace that's putting people off. He says, on the ball, is really smooth and has the all-important finesse shot traits. And we'll probably talk about that um, in a bit. I think I myself, I, I swear I do this every year, but I've been using Ibrahimovic, which I know sounds crazy. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) But he's been so good. And I think the way the game is this year, I've actually found that with the, and maybe this leads us into a bit of gameplay chat. I've actually found that with the uh, sprint boost that you can do, for those who don't know, all you do is, sprint in a straight line and your player will basically pick up momentum and go, can go much faster than they can just regularly sprinting and, and sort of moving about as they sprint, if you like. And I actually found he, he could burn past people, Ibrahimovic, with his really? you know, 60, 70 pace because it kind of makes sense if you think about it. Even someone like Ibrahimovic... You put him in a straight line running and a defender's having to manoeuvre to, to stay with him rather than just run in a straight line, actually he probably is going to be quicker. Um, because as we know, in real football, like the difference in speed between players over shorter distances, it is not that huge, especially when you're talking about sprint speed, not acceleration. So, yeah, he was really good. And I think as a sort of hold-up player, you know, you've got this contextual shielding. He can bring the ball down in the air really well. I had one where I, I sort of dinked the ball into the box from wide. I wouldn't call it exactly across, And he took it down on his chest, turned with the ball, and just volleyed it in. The guy rage quit. Um, he's just so fun to use, obviously, five-star skills. And uh, his stamina is, I think, 50 or something. So I'm obviously subbing him off. But if you put conservative interceptions, have him as a striker, yeah, it honestly wasn't too bad. Um, I've got loads of suggestions to be honest it feels like pretty much my whole team I could mention here but I've been using Corona who I mentioned I would use as a a midfielder so playing a 4-3-3 and the five-star five-star he's got good defensive stats he's so cheap he's like a thousand coins and just runs the midfield and his dribbling is just phenomenal and five-star five-star as well so yeah I I honestly could go through the whole team also got the informed Diaz picked him up and just gave him a go and he's really really good as well so, yeah, let's move on to talking more about gameplay itself. What are the things that we've been noticing so far in terms of things that are effective, things you might want to take note of? And I suppose particularly I want to start because I think there's something people are going to struggle with, uh, with shooting, queue. I know you were saying that this is something you think people are going to struggle with, and we did mention it on the last pod, actually.
2: Yeah, so just in general, shooting is definitely harder, but it's one of those things where you just have to get used to you know, every game has its different methods. I mean, I say shooting's harder and I've missed a bunch of one-on-ones, but I'm also averaging like five goals a game. So like, obviously it's not impossible to score. Um, it's just learning. I think more, it's it's more about creating good chances than like give it to the striker in the box, let him do three skill moves, past the defense, and then tap it into an open net. It's more, you know, move the ball around, good passing, good chance creation. So definitely something I've felt. And I've also noticed that corners are very overpowered at the moment so if you put Mm -hmm. like three to four bars of power at the player who's on like the edge of the six yard box that's basically an uncontested header every time so defensively make sure you're moving your keeper out as soon as the corner scene loads or whatever you want to call it at least out to the edge of the six because if you don't it's you're going to concede a lot i've had ones where i just was kind of half paying attention I look up and I've conceded from the corner. Like attackers are winning headers much more often.
3: Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're right. And uh, Rich, have you got anything to add on gameplay? I mean, not necessarily even shooting, actually, specifically, but just generally.
4: I would say, like, the first time you get on the game, it's going to feel a lot noticeably slower. Yeah. Just across the board, moving uh, the ball in the final third. Don't get frustrated. Uh, I know when I first picked up the game, I was just seeing sort of six, seven bodies in front of me. And that's because of how the sort of AI works with the midfield and the defense together. They'll all drop back together. They'll make it sort of really compact. So when you're moving the ball from left to right, don't expect to do a skill move necessarily to beat a man. You're doing your skill moves and your dribbles to set up shots. Last FIFA, like you're doing Elastico to get past the defender. Whereas now Mm. the, the Berber spin is really nice. The directional nutmeg flick, so not necessarily the push touch, but if you hold L1 and R1 and do the directional nutmeg, so you flick the right stick, but you do it, example, to the right, your player will sort of roll the ball with the bottom of his boot with the studs and, like, pull it away from the defender. That's mm. a really nice animation. And uh, just look for those look for those finesse shots, look for those green times. I mean, that's the, the number one way I've been scoring, timing shots finesse shots especially and um yeah expect to take a lot of shots a lot of stuff's gonna get saved a lot of stuff's gonna get blocked but you, you do create a lot of chances it's just finding i mean it will come out we, we obviously we've been playing the game four days max so for some people we will find out the the best ways of scoring but at the minute when you pick up the game i think finesse shots and sort of uh the green times the way to go
3: yeah we should tell people about time finishing actually people may know but if you played last year it wasn't very effective you may have turned it off you may not have found it very useful but basically it's where you press shoot a second time and the idea is to time it so that the player's foot makes a connection with the ball as you're pressing shoot for the second time it's not necessarily super clear to see what's going on i mean you get the indicator flashing the color which corresponds to how successful your time finish was if it's red that means you've totally messed it up and it's probably going to be a terrible shot and that's when you're super early and then if it's yellow that means that you're actually not quite there and the shot will be slightly worse if it's green then it's perfectly timed and it'll be an improved shot both in terms of power and accuracy i believe and then if it's white that means you just missed it and it's a normal shot so I'm sure many people will know that from the past, but what they may not know is you can actually make it more clear what you're doing wrong and whether it's working and things like that by going to pause menu in game, go to trainer and then flick. If it's on hide, the trainer to show and then uh, go to mode mechanics and turn on the shooting mechanics indicator, which will just give you a bit more visual indication whether you're doing it right and how you've timed it. So it can be very helpful and it works online as well. I know Japes was talking on the podcast we did, the episode earlier this week, that he found low drivens really effective. I agree. But finesse shots, Rich Siebel, on another level, especially from long range, and there have been some calls suggesting this might be an early candidate for a patch. I don't know what you think about that. I know it's early days, though.
4: I think the, the main reason that I don't want to see them patched is I just think not only does it add a little bit of a skill gap because they, mm. they don't know how to do it, they can't get that mechanic down, but also... I want a football simulation game where there's multiple different ways of scoring. Finesse shots, Mm. whether it's, as we talked about, uh, who was talking about corners. I think if you really master set pieces with the new jostling mechanics, if you might, you mentioned Zlatan, get a big striker, you can play for crosses. Skill moves are there, and you can ticky-tack a pass as well. We want different ways of scoring. I think if you heavily nerf these green time finesse shots, even though you might score... They don't go in all the time as well, I have to say. It's not like mm-hmm. a 100% you, green, you time it green and it goes in. But if you nerf that, I think with how good the AI is at getting back into shape and sort of defending and uh, making it hard to play through, we're going to see a lot of frustrated people not being able yeah. to score goals and not being able to break people down. I, I know a lot of people, it's quite polarizing at the minute. Like some people are really loving it and some people are saying... It's not arcade enough. It's definitely more realistic for me. I think it's a really good football simulation game. I think it's at the moment better than what we had last year, just because it feels more fluid. Like it feels like I'm passing the ball and it should be going where I'm passing it, and when I'm shooting, it's going where I am actually shooting it. For example,
3: yeah, I do agree that actually that a lot of the actions feel more rewarding in this game than perhaps they have in past Fifas. I think some of the criticism has come from the fact that it maybe feels more realistic than people want a game to feel. And that, that, you know, isn't what a football simulator should be about. It should be a little bit more arcadey, but it's so early. I don't really want to pass judgment on the game itself. And certainly finesse shots or long range finesse shots, well, long shooting generally, I think it has a place. And I think it wasn't in the right place last year because it forces your opponent to come and press you and, and try and win the ball back rather than just sitting deep. So I do think that, uh, yeah, I mean, it's all about balance. We'll have to see how things go. But talking about different ways to score, I think more physical players, people have been saying that maybe they're more effective. It's, again, hard to tell in this early stage, but it is interesting. And I've certainly found a lot of success with Ibrahimovic, as I was saying. The likes of Haaland, Lukaku, still commanding a pretty high price, actually. Matt warned that these types of players tend to drop off as people realise they're actually not as effective as they thought. What are your thoughts, Nate, on player prices? You know, those, I don't know, 50K plus attacking players and where they're going to go with, with that type of thing in mind.
1: Uh, I, I think that some players, you know, it kind of, my thought or example of that pertaining to last year, where a player kind of catches on with a lot of hype, is like Marcus Rashford. Rashford last year, people liked him more than they liked his son. Some people did. And Sun's price peaked in the first week at 350k. He literally kept going down for the rest of the year. Rashford's price was like 150k week one. He ended up going to almost 300k by the Black Friday time frame. So I, I do see it like maybe some of these, you know, more Lukaku or Holland type strikers, they could still have more of an increase in price, but I think that t- that would take some time too, because it's gonna take some time for it people that get that message out to know like hey these cards are a little bit more overpowered than they have been in years past and i guess just for that demand to take shape if that makes sense i just feel like people always go into the next fifa with in their minds what was meta the last year yeah they're open Mm -hmm. to change but they're always like all right mbappe was really good last year rashford was really good last year i'm going to use those five star skillers and start up try to get those guys in my team you know dribbling pace that's what they're really worried about and yeah this year's game is definitely different but i think it's going to take a little bit of time for that to be seen like Mm. on the game a little bit so i I do think that holland's card i mean it's what is he like a hundred thousand coins yeah and holland's got the new animations and a massive upgrade to his card so like the same thing with lukaku too like they're they're hyped up. So I, I definitely could see those rising in price, but I think that would take a little bit of time and I don't think you would see that happen right away.
3: Yeah, that makes sense. Hey, I wanted to just, before we move on from gameplay, make some final points, just things that listeners might want to think about when playing the game. For me, I think it's being aware that the dribbling especially is very challenging. And I, I have mentioned this a few times, but it's not going to be as straightforward as it was. And I think, as Rich, you were saying, those elite dribblers, like Foden, I would say he's an elite dribbler when you look at his stats, do really feel a different level above some of the other players in the game, which isn't necessarily always the case, I think. Sometimes the players with high balance and high agility, but not particularly amazing dribbling, let's say, or composure can actually feel really good. But this year, those players with the high dribbling, good ball control and composure, I think do feel a cut above, and I used Neymar in a draft. I can't remember whether I said this on the last pod, but he was just, yeah, kind of out of this world. Whereas some of the players you might expect to be good on the ball, but don't have the highest stats in dribbling and composure may actually not be as good as you would think they might be. Do you think that's fair, Rich? And have you got any other just pointers to make, just quickly for people coming onto the game to play online?
4: Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at Foden's stats now. I've got them in front of me. 90 agility, 91 balance. 88 Mm. ball control, 86 dribbling. Like he is, he just, he feels really good. Uh, Another one as well, along with the city English trend is Jack Grealish. I picked him up for like two and a half thousand coins for an 84 rated. And Mm. um, he's another one, really high composure, really high dribbling and ball control. And just feels like a little bit smoother on the ball. When I've played with Lukaku and when I've played with like Obamayang, a good example, Not necessarily that they feel clunky on the ball, but especially that sort of first initial touch, maybe to set it away from a defender or that first touch to bring it in to control, just a little bit like rough around the edges, I would say. Mm -hmm. So I'm very much looking forward to playing with like Messi and Neymar and those real elite dribblers, even like some of the icons who we might not have seen be super, super viable in the past. Maradona, I think could be one, although the weak foot does let him down a little bit. Mm. Hadji as well, potentially like the players who really are like elite dribblers, I think will be very, very viable because the final thing that I want to talk about gameplay as well, defending like you, you get punished if you don't defend in the right way, if you're pulling players out of position, through balls are are good. Like Mm. you can hit a through ball and it will go through. And if there's a gap there in the defense and you've got someone relatively quick up top, I got absolutely ruined on rivals by Daka, the Leicester City striker, (laughs) because I was was being a little bit too aggressive. I was trying to press up with my defenders and I was just playing against someone who was just hitting through balls. Uh, And Mm. he was too quick. I couldn't get back to him. But it was also the fact of, on FIFA 21, you could sort of, even though the through balls were super strong down the wings, that one down the middle of the pitch, it didn't really hit most of the time. Like It was a lot of wing play. Whereas in this FIFA, if there's a gap there and mm. you've got a decent passer of the ball, that through ball will hit and it'll sort of like bubble on the way as well. So they'll get like yeah. an extra couple of yards. But um, yeah, I, I would say good dribblers and um, just, be, just be wary defensively.
3: that's the crazy thing I had such a weird team and it worked so well I actually picked up Verratti because you know how the discard prices are now higher so Verratti's actually discarding for 5k and I could get him for like 5.1 or something I picked him up just to experiment because Jates and I talked about how great it is to have players with high passing for long passing long through balls and if you put on hug sidelines on the d-pad and have someone like Verratti sitting had him in CDM in a 4-3-3 and he was just like whipping these through balls down the wings through the center if the defenders went too wide it was really really fun and something that i don't think you'd have been able to do last year and actually creates a whole new way of playing i think how long this lasts you know how long it's viable to have a 60 pace cdm i'm not sure but it seems to work well at the moment and uh it was it was a ton of fun like he's been one of my favorite players to use so far And also because he's so agile and he can get into the positions to play the passes.
2: But yeah, uh, Hugh, what about you? What suggestions would you make to people maybe plunging into online? Yeah, to begin with, I would definitely say that if you're not doing as well as you thought you would, then definitely try to keep calm because right now it's only really the most dedicated players who are playing and also the meta is changing. So if you were really used to playing a certain way from last year and now that style of playing or that skill move or whatever you're really good at isn't as good this year. It's going to take a while to change those habits. So like, just try to go into it focused on like learning how the game plays and like what works and what doesn't rather than just, I have to get to division one as fast as possible. Cause like it's, it's just going to be really stressful. Cause I mean, you're, you're, you're yeah. battling it out against, you could be playing like top 200 players in division nine. So like it, it's it's pretty random at this point like even if someone doesn't seem like they're that good like there's been games where i lost a game like 6-1 yesterday to someone who from what i can tell is not like a pro or even elite weekend league player so like it it happens so um definitely just trying mm-hmm. to focus on learning things in terms of specific in-game stuff yeah i definitely echo what rich was saying about um, players who feel good on the ball i think that skill moves in general may be a little less important but just having good like controlled dribbling feels really nice and again like I said just being able to control the ball move it so like having good passing I brought in uh, Sissoko who's now at Watford because I packed the inform SAR card and Sissoko was awful like he was just continually giving the ball away his bad passing really let him down so I definitely think that finding players with they don't have to have amazing passing but just like good enough and maybe it's decent weak foot um, really helpful
3: yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. Wheat foot for passing, definitely underrated as well. Right, I think that's enough gameplay chat. We'll take a break and we'll be back talking about Rivals Champs and, of course, the market. Plenty of questions for Nate coming up. Hello, supporters. A reminder to enter the 24,000 FIFA Point giveaway over on the Patreon. So you'll have probably heard before that Foot Weekly is made possible by our supporters. And that could be anyone it could be you for example but it's also shane who's the founder of Mystic jerseys shane's a long-term supporter of the pod and he's offering 15 percent off to foot weekly listeners what that means is if you're europe or uk based for just over 30 pounds you can get yourself a mystery box containing a random football shirt which could be from a range of different clubs and nations around the world one of the really good things about it is that you can send a message with your order saying that you wouldn't like a shirt from a particular club, presumably a rival club. And you can also specify which particular color too, uh, in case no, it's not going to suit you. So if you would like to take advantage of that, you just head over to Mystique Jerseys, which is M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E and then Jerseys. .com and then you can use the code FUT weekly so f u t weekly to get that 15% off. A huge thanks to Shane and Misty Jerseys for supporting the pod and of course to all those supporters out there keeping the podcast going. And you can join them too while entering a 24,000 FIFA point giveaway over at bit.ly/podpoints22. So that's bit.ly/podpoints22. just three pounds a month for double the content link also in the description and if it's something you end up doing a huge thank you i really appreciate it and keeps the pod going as i said right let's get back into part two
0: safe drivers save up to 20 percent with insurance get a quote at aaa.com slash insurance
3: Hello, welcome back after the break. So we have had news about how Footchamps works, or a bit more news. Still a few bits to clear up, but some information came out. And I would say, check out a video by Lasty, who's LA5TY. Very informative. We will talk about it, but just not now, because it's still two weeks to the first weekend league. And I think it's something that will be more relevant next week. So now we'll talk about rivals, as we had our rivals rewards day, and that is going to be Thursdays. In the morning UK time, I went through and picked up seven wins to get the upgrade reward. I actually finished one win shy of Division 8, so I got the win so that I could get the Division 8 rewards instead. And I'll just run through what I was offered. So first of all, a rare Electrum players pack. So that will be what? Six gold rare players, six silver rare players. That's tradable and 6,500 coins. And then option two is a rare Electrum players pack but untradable, and 11,000 coins. So 4,500 more coins, but the untradable pack. And then option three is a jumbo premium gold players pack, untradable, and a small prime gold players pack, tradable. So quite different to last year, actually. And when you go up the ranks, you actually get slightly more coins, even within the division. If you go up to the next division, different pack rewards. I think I went for the tradable rewards and I guess slightly less coins because I felt like I would make more of the tradable rewards and i did then the eleven thousand coins and then the untradable pack and i think that feels like they the go-to move even if you're not a trader probably no i think
1: that's i think that's pretty fair i i think that the what my mind keeps going to with this market with rewards is that a lot of people are expecting certain things and i think it doesn't it's not always going to play out like it was last year because we have a big change this year maybe to transition the topic a little bit with preview packs. And yeah, yeah. I, I really think preview packs impacted the market a lot yesterday. Being on during the EA play, kind of like the 4 p.m. time frame is when I got on the game, 4 p.m. UK, a lot of prices kind of started low. I'm talking like meta cards, like Phil Foden, for example, was I think like 18,000 coins right around the 4 p.m. UK timeframe. And he rose all the way up to like 22, 23, which isn't a huge rise, but a pretty solid one. Uh, right before the web app was actually launched which was just before 7 p.m uk i think Mm -hmm. most people were getting on and when most people started getting on the web app you could tell because everybody was going to the store opening those preview packs and a lot of stuff a lot of stuff dropped actually on the market after that happened for the next two to three hours a lot of even like some of your SBC solution cards your non-rares and your rares that people are using to complete hybrid leagues and nations those even dropped a bit and a lot of your meta cards uh, dropped down a good amount and a lot of stuff didn't really move too much overnight into this morning and I, I people always talk about day one's the cheapest buy a bunch of cards day one and you know they just continue to rise up which is still going to be the case I think for some cards you know your really high tier cards like a, like a, a KDB you know probably like messy those types of players but I, I think for some of the lower tier cards, that are just getting supplied more than ever this year because of preview packs. I don't know if it's going to work like that every single day. I just I think it's going to be have to be taken on a day by day basis with preview packs. And yes, people are going to get more coins and put those coins into meta players and upgrading their team. So some stuff is definitely going to go up. But I said this since you know last week, even as we led up to the game, that I really feel like the preview packs are going to impact those. 82 83 rated players and below the most i think they're going to fall off in price really fast
3: yeah well that's a good point because i guess let's say someone like what's a good example someone like lacroix you know the really pacey french center back uh and and very there are quite a few players who are lower rated so quite frequently appearing in packs and are worth more than the pack for people it's going to be a no-brainer isn't it they're going to open that pack and sell the player
1: yeah exactly like I, i i even St. Juice Day would be a perfect example too, because he's like twenty six thousand coins and he's 76 rated. So like he's yeah, probably yeah, gonna yeah. be popping from 7.5k packs a decent amount, more more often than you know, somebody like Rashford would. So um
4: just what you're saying there, Nate, as well. Uh I would do a bit of research actually on packs because I loaded up FIFA points, I loaded up 60k. And um I'm not gonna lie, my the pack look was really good. And for the most part, like a lot of people's packs, like they were getting quite high-rated stuff. For a premium gold pack, it's a 7.5% chance of an 84-plus rated player. Compare that to last year, I've actually found an article where the first came out, and for a 7.5k pack, for an 83-plus, so it's one less, it was only 4.6%. So definitely, the percentage of getting higher-rated players is up across the board. It was 7.4% where on like Monday and Tuesday and then today um, at the 23rd at 2.36am, they put it up 0.1% of a, a probability to get an 84 plus rated player. So as well, everyone gets a preview pack every day. The chance of like seeing that super high rated stuff is just going to be more and more because yeah. for some reason, the pack odds are much better. Yeah, that is
3: really interesting, particularly compared to last year, especially as... There aren't particularly more 84-plus rated players in the game. Certainly not that many more. So has to be something that they've tweaked. And I would say one point to make, because a lot of people may think, oh, do they are they constantly changing the pack weights then if the percentage changes slightly by a few 0.1s or whatever? But actually, it's because they run a pack simulation every day and they update it every day. So yeah. because it is random, there are always slight fluctuations in it. One thing I'd be interested to know, though, is it an increased chance of packing actually you know, above discard or non-Fodder 84s, or have they just increased the chance of packing Fodder players, essentially? Which would still be interesting for the market, of course, but maybe wouldn't affect player prices around this time so much.
4: Also, the final, final thing on packs, um, I don't know if you've seen it, but the all the SBC packs, like the Rare Player Pack and the M- Rare Mega Pack, they're actually 83-plus guarantees in those packs yeah, now as well. yeah, yeah which is yeah. huge. Like no more 50K pack where you're getting 12, 77 raters. You're guaranteed at least one board player. So when, I mean, I don't know if they'll do it, but even for, and when we get SBCs and you get packs back for SBCs, the like rare electron players packs and stuff like that, if they're guaranteed 82s, just makes everything a little bit more desirable.
3: Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting. I mean, maybe it brings more fluctuation in price, which is good for trading or just decreases the price of fodder.
1: Yeah, it's just going to bring so much supply to the game, which is really I'm, I'm really curious to see how it all plays out, because in my mind, again, that makes me think that those a lot of players are going to get packed more. So they're going to be more supplied. That means they'll have cheaper prices, but then also the more rare players, people will have more coins because they're opening these packs. And especially with quick sell values being higher, I think that's where more coins are going to mm. come on the game with the, the consumable items. And I think that's going to push some of the more meta and higher tier cards up even further, but then drop off a lot of the rest of the market faster and more severe than we're used to. Yeah,
3: and I think we might have answered Broadfield's question here. I feel like the lower rated, decent to good players are much more affordable than last year. Felix, Carrasco, Jesus. Will we see a quick drop on the meta low rated players too, like Gomez, Kunde? or is it safe to use them during early access without losing value?
1: Yeah, I think... one example, too, you could probably throw in there is like Richarlison, right? Everybody was looking mm-hmm. at him last year and he was, you know, 30, 40,000 coins at a peak in the first week. And right now he's sitting at 6K, which seems very, very cheap. But again, you, you think about that supply and you think about, okay, what's going to happen with this? Like even a lot of like prem strikers just to me seem really cheap. Like Timo Werner, who was 250K mm-hmm. last year. I know he had a once to watch and stuff, but he's 50K, you know, so I do think that some of these cards are definitely going to continue to go up, even though there's a lot of supply. There's also tons of demand, and mm. these players being so cheap, like Richarlison this year being seven, eight thousand coins versus you know maybe twenty at this stage last year, he's much easier to afford. So more people can go out and get him. So I still think you'll see prices go up. You know, the twenty seventh with the FIFA points that'll be kind of a crazy day. We talk about like a Timo Werner or maybe a Lukaku maybe, you know, those cards that are like 20 to maybe 70K, I think those would be ones that you would see move up a decent amount because there's going to be people selling cards because they're afraid of the supply from the FIFA points. There's, there's I think there's going to be a drop off before we get to actually Monday, but then Monday too is just going to input so much supply um, with people opening FIFA points that it's definitely going to drop stuff even more. And then you're, higher tier and more meta cards people want to buy for their teams are going to go up after that as people put their coins into upgrading and building teams
3: yeah and actually one final point i make about preview packs and why the market may be lower perhaps than people were potentially expecting in certain areas is that preview packs actually also technically are a coin sink because when you buy a preview pack you give 7.5k to ea and although you make coins you're just taking coins off someone else right Yep. So that could also have a sort of uh what's the, what's the word deflationary effect? I don't know something like that yeah. on the market. So I guess that may be a factor. Also, obviously, we don't have placement coins this year, and someone was saying I think one of the questions was something about feeling like prices seem high despite no placement coins. But I wouldn't even I wouldn't say that's true, right? Prices in general are kind of lower than last year generally.
1: Yeah, I think there's some of the. Some of the high tier cards that are, there's a one-off, you know, a couple one-off cards that seem to be a little expensive. Like yesterday, Goretzka was like 300K and right now this morning right. he's 200. And I, I kind of thought yesterday that he was a little bit too expensive. Um, I even think Conte yesterday, I, I saw his price and I was like, okay, that might be a little bit high, but uh, that, you know, first day with the limited supply, it it's kind of all over the place. There's going to be cards that are too, too much and they take, takes a little bit of time to even it out.
3: Yeah. Well also it's the really committed players. Correct. That come on and they're spending fifa points. They're going to go to those really top players aren't they and there. You know, yeah. It's the players who know what they who think they know what they're doing the sort of more experienced <laughs> players who spend fifa points and will go out and be like oh I know I need to buy top players because they're going to go up and then they'll go buy them and then that creates a demand doesn't it? So I guess that is a factor too. Yep. I mean in terms of a more active but maybe not too active because i know people like to do things that are a bit more laid back but they are going to be on the web app so they've had time to do things do you have a particular specific trading method you could suggest and uh, i mean my personal one is is packing bruno fernandez on your road to glory but yeah. uh, if, which is crazy because he was the best player i packed on playstation opened you know a ridiculous number of packs on that account gone road to glory and yeah one of my few tradable rare players was bruno awesome. fernandez which is crazy but yeah Enough of that, because that's not a trading method that everyone can do. (laughs) Do you have a little one that people might want to get up to on the web app? I'm I'm sure we we should say, actually, you've got loads of great videos out there, and that's obviously going to do a better job than you're able to do in audio form. So if you want to poke people towards the videos rather than necessarily explaining the whole method, that might even be better.
1: Yeah, definitely. The YouTube channel explains a lot of different things. And especially as we get into, you know, the market kind of through the first early day or two stage, a lot of stuff will be kind of figured out and we'll see where people are where the demand is but obviously right away as we talk about the advanced sbcs is where a lot of people are going people are building teams and people are doing sbcs to get packs with the pack weight being better seemingly than years before just the weight with the percentages and those you know 82 and 83 plus guarantees you know you you mentioned doing packs but those advanced sbcs seem to be paying out really well for people so it's creating of course a lot of demand for getting, you know hybrid leagues, hybrid nations. And I think rare golds or some of the rare golds needed for those SBCs are more expensive than last year because I think people are trying to get on those SPCs right away. So trading with a lot of the rare golds, the non-rare golds, top nine nations, specifically Portugal, France, Brazil, England, Argentina, those are some big nations that are commonly used. If you go on Footbin and look at the SBCs, you can look at the solutions and basically the ones that are the cheapest, they're actually more expensive than what they say because those are the ones that everybody's going and buying. So those are great cards to trade with and chemistry style trading as well. Like last night Richarlison was 7k, but uh, I saw one pop up for 7,000 coins with a hunter on it. Bought that and I was like I don't even know what he's going for with the hunter, but I'll check and he was going for 10k with the hunter and it sold. So like people will pay a good amount for cards with a chem style already applied so they don't have to go through the work of buying the chem style and applying it themselves. So I think that's also going to be, as people are building teams, a great trading method as well.
3: Yeah, And one thing I would just say as well, it's not trading method as such, although you can kind of trade using it, is just do your SBCs. And I'm someone who really is reluctant to do SBCs. I find it quite time-consuming and a little bit boring at times. But at this point in the game, they are really good for generating coins, Uh, those advanced SBCs, marquee matchups even, and the rewards are tradable. And also, if you see a player who's maybe fluctuating supply, you might be able to snipe them, sell them on, make a few coins there um, too. Yeah, you bet. I do have one last little tip. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. As you're maybe playing, this is gameplay related too. Look at this, a trader doing maybe a gameplay <laughs> tip here. <laughs> um, the, there's one, it's a score 100 finesse goals and objective as you're playing squad battles. Um, mm. pr- as probably a lot of people are going to transition to squad battles since that's the next reward set with your maybe 10 hours of VA play, maybe take, I don't know, maybe two or three games and go on beginner, even though it may get you less skill points. You get a 50K pack. It is untradeable, but I mean, a 50K pack, you know, with the requirement in there, if you are doing squad battles anyway, I think that might be a little bit worth your time. So that's just my little tidbit. I wish it was tradable. Then it would be insane, but it's untradeable.
3: Actually, one thing that could work quite well for that, you know, is the team of the week squad you can play and the featured squad because they give 1500 points even on beginner and yeah it would take probably more than that but it will increase the number of goals finesse goals you get by quite a lot doing that you probably get 20 odd in a game maybe more and the other thing to say is that and this is probably not something for your 10 hours or 20 hours i guess if you're playing on the old gen and new gen but for when the game comes out you can put those featured squads on beginner and there's a objective or group of objectives for bronze and silver squads. It has to be a full squad of players and there's some good player packs in there, premium gold players pack and the 50k uh, 12 rare player pack as well. And it's any difficulty. So you could literally put score battles on beginner, score a goal. They don't try and tackle you on beginner. You can just leave it and play out those games while you're doing something else. And a really good way to get some decent untradeable packs. So something to look out for when the full game comes out. Good shout, yeah. And make sure you're checking your objectives on the web app, of course. Don't waste your time. And thank you very much, Nate. Uh, great to have you on. Nate, the foot accountant on all social channels that's the way great and thank you very much to richard and Hugh as well who have been waiting patiently in the wings here uh rich uh, where can people catch you what you're going to be up to and uh yeah i hope you enjoy the start to your cycle
4: thank you very much yeah well uh i think i've got division division six rival rewards so i'll have a little look at that and see what i can uh, so i can pick Ooh. up um later on today but well, thank you for having me pleasure are you streaming i will be yes Ooh. uh it'll be from october get me on twitch uh just rbuckley 98 across all social media and from twitch
3: nice the twitch return should be good indeed indeed exciting and hugh as always it's been great to have you on the podcast thank you for your gameplay and general insights
2: yeah thank you for having me like i said it's uh exciting times and hopefully people are enjoying it and if you're not just be patient until you learn it and i think you'll get there
3: yeah and are you doing any tutorials in the near future? I guess you're busy grinding the game, but where will they be?
2: Yeah, they'll be on my YouTube channel, Bear with zeros instead of O's. Um, I think it's Elite FIFA Guide. Um, yeah, just been trying to clip things as they happen. Just anything I find interesting, kind of put things together as I learn things. Waiting a little bit just to make sure that I actually know what I'm talking about before I put out any tutorials. <laughs> but hopefully in the next week or so, you'll start seeing some things on my channel.
3: Great. Well, that does wrap us up for this podcast then. Uh, thank you very much to all you listeners for tuning in to those supporters, keeping the podcast going. If you would like to keep the podcast going and get double the podcast content, including two podcasts every week, one of which will be that supporter exclusive episode, then you can do so by supporting on Patreon for just £3 a month. That's the cost of a rare consumables pack apparently in FIFA points. Uh, go to bit dot ly slash more pods so that's bit.ly slash more pod or just search for weekly patron you'll find it over there and if you do decide to support a huge thank you to those supporters thank you for supporting and of course thanks to those icon patrons dave b dj fifa player coach vas hugh j thomas alan g alistair martin m jordan matt l chris w dougie david s liam b reese a harry p sam b Adam G, Neil P, Jake G, Robbie S, Jake S, Damon H, Zach O, Tom B, Stephen F, Eric T, Christopher R, Jonathan P, Elliot M, Lee A, Paul, Johan P, Dominic, Rob P, Michael, Kraus, Adam A, Sam P, David C, Brian S, Sila P, Mikael L, Andrew C, Anthony R, Jeff B, Stephen M, Roger D, At Pace of a Tortoise, Stephen C, Andrew C, Dan W, Pobius, Sporkum, Bronco, Matt H, and Savage P. Plus a special thanks to Luke M, Dave B, Nick V, Hugh J, Tom M, Darren W, and Pato Foot for advice and production assistance.
4: When we made our McDonald's spicy chicken McNuggets, you were praise hands emoji. Then we ran out and you were streaming tears emoji. Now they're back, so you can be grinning face with sweat emoji. Order ahead on the McDonald's app.
0: Break out the party hat emoji, because a six-piece spicy chicken McNuggets is just $2.50. And if that's not enough, try a spicy McCrispy or a spicy deluxe McCrispy. And if that's not enough, there's always the sauce. Price and participation may vary.
3: Before I leave you, though, just one more thing to add. FIFA's a bit like life, really. It has its many ups and its many downs. And if you are having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice, and support, or even just a chat available to anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, I'll catch you next time.
0: It's harder than ever to find clothes that will stand the test of time. But if you're looking for pieces designed to last, you can't go wrong with American Giant. From hoodies and t-shirts to denim and more, they've got everything you need to build a wardrobe that you'll be proud of for years to come. Shop wardrobe essentials that last a lifetime at American-Giant.com and use LT23 to get 20% off your first order. That's 20% off your first order, American-Giant.com, code LT23. Sports Social Podcast Network.